listeners out there in the wild wild world of podcasting i guess really thought you're gonna say wild wild west but i didn't we don't want to say that right no 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 no, no. so right. well, this is a global podcast right. we had we had some we had some big hits in uh pakistan recently oh that's nice um Maybe hey everyone can pack a stand full of other listeners to get those numbers up what's a stand full you know, like pack the stands Oh, Pakistan. Yeah, pack, pack, pack the, the stands of like a stadium of listeners. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> anyway, this is Don't Be an Idiom. It is the Wild World Show. Word show. Fuck. <laughs> Ryan, you do the intro. <laughs> I thought you could do the intro. I feel like I keep hogging the intro. I know. You know, they know I can't do the intro. It's it's the show it's about words word histories word origins yeah it's all those things that people say at home depot that they don't think about home but you, you you can know what they're talking about if you listen you'll know it well, you'll know what people at home depot are talking about lows lows i don't, I don't know about lows don't know who's going to lows this is don't be an idiom Support your local hardware shop. Thank you. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> I do love the one in my hometown. It's so tight. You know, it's 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 just everything's like the nails are just sticking right out. Local hardware stores yeah. are meant to be tight. Yeah, and I there's think, always way too much stuff, and everything's covered in dust, sawdust and you, sometimes. And can, sawdust, and you can get keys made, which I like. No questions asked. Well, they have that at Home Depot now too. Well, of course they do. But yeah, if if you've heard an idiom, you've probably walked through a hardware store, and we're here to tell you where those idioms came from. It's don't be an idiom. This is Albert. I'm Ryan. It's Ryan. We're old friends. Very old. Thirty what? Thirty three years. We've been we, friends. We meet in kindergarten, right? Mm-hmm. But then we we really solidified the friendship in third grade. Third grade. Bucky O'Hare. Bucky O'Hare. So yeah, we're here. We, we're in the top of the show. We're going to talk about a few things, and then we're gonna we're gonna each. Uh, explore the origin stories of a couple of idioms first of all um, if you listen to our last episode then you heard us explore the idiom egg in your beer what do you want an egg in your beer well this is this comes from something called the miners breakfast where uh you know um uh what do i want to say blue collar workers like you know miners or or steel workers would would dr- crack an egg into a pint of beer and chug it down real men real men not like us no 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 <laughs> and uh our listener Dan Whitcomb from Germany oh well, he lives in Germany but he's from Washington he did it he filmed it yeah he did, he ate a miner's breakfast or drank a miner's breakfast drank a miner's, a miner's breakfast, breakfast. And he did it so eloquently. So it was cool. beautiful. Yeah. So thank you, Dan, for sharing that video. Yeah. And uh, we're going to post that on the old Instagram. People need to see this. Enjoy. He, it's, he did it so well. And listen, we're going to do this. We're going to follow suit. And then if you like what you see, mm-hmm. you should do it. And you want a taste of the goods. Yeah, you want to taste of those goods. Here's what you can do. You can take a video of yourself doing a miner's breakfast, send it to us, or... You could take a video and just like post it to your Instagram, tag us, whatever. We're happy to share it in any way possible. I love that. Look, social media gurus. Let's get it going out here, people. It's like that fucking ice bucket challenge, only cool. Yeah, but that was for a good cause, right? This is for a good cause. This is for a good cause. It's to fill your bell. Fill your bell and to remember the miners. Remember the miners. That's a good t-shirt. Right? <laughs> uh, you, you, un, you heard an idiom recently, right, that you wanted to talk about? All right, so we got we got an idiom request from our very own Mira. <laughs> our very own. She is our very. We talk about her all the time. Mira Gessner. Mira Lil Gessner. Her name. Her last name's Gessner. Yeah. Is it? And her middle name's Lil. I thought it was Gossamer. She seems like it would be Gossamer because mm. it's like very ethereal. Okay. Um, but anyway, uh, so she wanted to know about Wits End, and I'm so glad that she didn't look it up, and she just asked us to look it up instead. Uh, earliest reference is in William Langland's Middle English narrative poem, The Vision of William, concerning mm. Piers Plowman, which is uh, 
from 1370. Wow. So this has been around for a long Mm -hmm. time. And the line is astronomers are also at their wits end. Now, it was also there was also in the King James Bible in Psalms 107:27 and uh, it talks about these people who reel to and fro and stagger like drunken men uh, and they're at their wits end. Huh. They seem they have a different it seems like they have a different meaning in both of those things though. Like the astronomers at their wits end to me it seems like their education their knowledge can only bring them so far. Hmm. But the but the King James Bible seems a little bit more what? I don't know about insanity or something. You know, the thing is, is like, it really all just comes down to like wit, just kind of meaning knowledge or mm-hmm. mental capacity. So you're at your, you're at the, just at the end of that. Like you're just, I feel like you, we're at the end of our wit thought about it all. And now you are tired and you don't want to, <laughs> and you don't want to go on. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Mira, thanks for asking. That's basically what wits end means. Uh, I wish there was a little more meat on the bone. But that's but, good. But it's, you know, that's why it's good for the top of the show. You know, we, we got a request from Tara of Jersey Ice Cream Company. Oh, my gosh. And uh, she said, I got one for you. Mad as a hatter. And oh, I was like, yeah. I was like, Tara, that's, that is such a good one. It's one of the most interesting backgrounds. We've never even talked about it on the show because it's, because. it seems like we both know it so well. Right. So I'm wondering maybe if, if maybe like next episode we'll do a little our whole top of the show will be a little Mattis Hatter tribute. I know because it's for a great a fact, suggestion. Thank you, Tara. Thank you, Tara. Mad as a Hatter is um, one that got blown up by that other podcast, oh, uh, which was that sucks. I think it was it was a series. Mm-hmm. I might get this wrong, but it was um it was like an NPR word it, thing. Yeah, no, it was a it was a big it was a big station, but it was a. Was it cereal? Right, cereal was a cereal. Yeah, remember well, cereal was a big thing. That's that season, about, season yeah. one, and then it was. Oh no, it's not cereal. I was going to say, how do they connect those two things? But uh, but there's a great there's this. I'm going to find. You know what? By next episode, I'm going to remember it because I think a lot of people have heard it, and it goes into. There's this great story about this. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to give anything away. You don't give anything away. But but uh, good suggestion. They do. They do talk about the origin of yeah. Mad as a Hatter and basically okay. what happened to this guy yeah, is yeah. what happened to the Hatters. Well, okay, right. Yeah. All right. So we'll we'll cover that at some point. And then your your aunt. So yes, has right. said a, a, a idiom lately too. So my aunt Marge, she is so funny. And we were down on the beach. It was Memorial Day weekend, and we were talking about my uncle Harry who was out playing golf at the time. And uh, she said, your uncle was born under a star. And I was like, Aunt Mart, what, what is that? And she's just like, he is so lucky. Mm-hmm. He, he, fi- he finds free parking at the Eagles um, <laughs> Super Bowl uh, parade, mm-hmm. which was, if anybody was a, anywhere near that, it's impossible. Yeah, you cannot right. find free parking at that shit. Of course. Um, and just, and he does, he's, I, I also believe it's cause he's a hustler and he's very conscious. Yeah. But, um, she, she, she said he was born under a star and I said, where'd you get that from? And she's like, well, my, I can't remember if she said her mom or her grandmother used to say that all the time about somebody who's lucky born mm-hmm. under a star. So I checked it out and what it comes from is the longer version of it is born under a lucky star, right. which is just very on the nose. It's too it's literal. Not, not much to it. I prefer the born under a star born under a star because there's a little bit more mystery to it still get the idea um and yet aren't we all really born under stars but um you know shakespeare even and even liked uh talking about the old of course stars. he did and uh that's kind of it cool we just uh you know born like you can also say born under an unlucky star which is the opposite <laughs> yeah. and uh, don't forget that we had a band called lucky star so we did, yeah. How the, about that? The opening song of Don't Be an Idiom is a Lucky Star song. And there listen, we recognize that the, the name of the band is not a good name. But that's what makes it But good. we were a hardcore punk band in high school, and we went we frequented this Chinese buffet. Yeah, have we never told that story? That's great. I mean, we probably did, because episode 20 is called Pump Your Froggers, which is a reference to the oh, opening. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, like the, well, I think I screamed at the drum set when... um we recorded that song but yep. anyway so yeah lots of lucky star stuff uh I, we've been dri- dropping a lot of drip dropping a lot of names and uh i do want to s- mention one other um a couple of other people so margaret and john 
who are longtime listeners, and Margaret is the official Don't Be an Idiom artist. She's drawn us and designed so many awesome things. <laughs> she um, made us into monsters. She, oh, yeah, she made us into so monsters. Great. She what made a, our woman. She made our um, Rat Boy Saddam magnet. She made our wood nickels, which is the kind of like a skeleton of a forefather, like a George Washington skeleton. Right. And um, she made our dead moon image. Did we ever show the public that? I don't think the public has seen that. That will be the t-shirt. It's the t-shirt we teased and we never followed through with <laughs> because we don't have shirt. much time unless it's the summer. Yeah, which is coming up soon. So, but anyway, I ran into Margaret and John, and they're just the best. And I just wanted to shout out to them, like thank you so much for listening, and also for to Margaret for all the awesome artwork. Check out our Instagram if you want to see any of that because the, there's some like really cool stuff that she's done for us. And if you go to our band camp, you can actually buy some of it and we'll mail it to you. Yes. And also check out her Instagram, which is... Um, Flynn the, Art. It's Flynn Art, but it's also... She has the, the mural. It's called... Lehigh Mural. Lehigh Murals. Go check that out. She's awesome. But is that the handle, though? The specific handle? I think it's Lehigh Murals on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And uh, yeah, that's it. And uh, oh, I just wanted to also do one last promotion... For um, the Bailey Hounds show on June 11th, it's uh, go and get as it. soon as this lands. It's next Saturday, so June 11th at 7:30. Uh, my old band's playing at Laurel Hill Cemetery. Albert's going to be there with a bunch of wooden nickels in his pockets, and um, it should be a cool night of you know just chill music. And you can bring, you could bring your grandma, you could bring a beer, you could bring a, don't bring a dog. I don't yeah, you, keep your dogs. Nah, at home. We, the dogs don't like they don't no. like music. The dogs don't like music. I don't know what dogs like. I've not never really around them, but they I, I know I know how off putting it is to so many people to hear me talk about dogs. No, no, no. They just <laughs> they, there might be fireworks, so they, you know they won't like that. Well, in Philly, there's always fireworks. Exactly. There were fireworks last night. Well, those some of them are guns. Oh, right. That's probably true. And it is Lehigh underscore mural. Thank you. Mural. Check it out. Singular. Mural. Cool. Okay. All right, so check that out. Anyway, you know how we start the, the the body of the show, and that's with a game. The people know, right? We got to see who goes first. Did you bring a game? I brought a game. Albert hasn't even hinted at the game. I don't yet. forget games anymore, and uh, the game is called what? I don't. I mean, you've forgotten like three times in sixty-two that one episodes. One time in a row, and then I realized I didn't want to lose my job, so now mm-hmm. I don't forget games anymore. Okay. So I brought the game Blurt. Blurt. Yeah. It sounds like another dimension's Bart Simpson. Blurt Simpson. The Webster's game of word racing includes junior version. I did not know that when I bought it. (laughs) (laughs) We should probably play the junior version because I'm probably not smart enough. People, can you believe that we've played 62 games to determine who goes first? No repeaters. No repeaters yet. I dare, I dare thee to come up with sixty-two games. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of them was uh, like, remember I like uh, bleached all those chicken bones, and we <laughs> we read the yeah, chicken bones. That's the. <laughs> that's, where are those? They're in my storage space. But I had to eat all those wings and then bleach oh, them and to. dry them. It took a lot of work. You could ask me; I would have helped you eat them. You were like busy. Not and too I was like, busy. I guess for, I'm eating all these by myself. I'm never too busy for chicken bones. You were that day. All right. Well, just going to take a second to get this all ready. Okay, well, what is this? Uh, It's a game where you have to call out the words. I actually don't know. (laughs) Uh, Is it like what? Here's here's my thing. Look, we should each grab a card. There's four things on each card. Yeah. Best out of four words. All right, right? that works, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, I got one. Oh, my God. God, it's so fucking easy. <laughs> Damn it! This is so easy. Whoa, you got spine. <laughs> All right, you want to go first or second? I'll just go or should first. Should we go back and forth? You can do one, I can do one. A female child. This must be a junior card. Is it? Is there is there like junior cards and adult cards? I don't know. Okay, fine. A female child. <laughs> female child who has not yet become a woman little girl this is girl oh okay that should count I think yeah it does a piece of cloth material used to cover a hole a tear or a worn place oh patch 
Money given to a court to set free an arrested person until a trial takes place. Bail. A gathering of people for pleasure. Audience? Party. Oh, there you go. Okay, so I got three out of four. Yeah. All right, so here you go. You got to get all four of them. Mm-hmm. Shelf above a fireplace. Mantle. Yeah. A small bomb usually thrown by hand. Grenade. Yeah. Someone who lives next door or near another. Neighbor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yours are so easy. The brother of one's father or mother. (laughs) This must be a junior guard. Uncle. Yeah. Well, the one you got wrong is party. Yeah, but I wasn't that wrong. Audiences, yeah. But you gathered. Yeah. Also, when you play Blurt, apparently, you're supposed to play with friends, which we don't have. And right. uh, you're allowed to just shout out words until someone gets it. Like, I could I could shout out a lot of stuff. But oh, okay. since we're one-on-one. All right, that's fair. So right. you're winning again. Wow, okay. So uh, let me see how to, how to set up this idiom. Well, I, I've been noticing, you know, working at a high school, I've got to deal with a lot of whippersnappers all oh, day. Oh, no shit. Whippersnappers? It, the summers become very necessary for That's me. That's so cute. Whippersnapper. Uh-huh. Wow. So, what is a whippersnapper? Can you define that for us? I mean, I, you always hear the guy like, you dare, you young whippersnappers, get off my lawn. Um, whippersnappers? You know, they're just, it's like little little kids, like carrying punk kids. Punk kids. Well, so here's a definition for you. A young person who is presumptuous, a young person who is overconfident. Oh. Could also be an unimportant but offensively presumptuous person. But usually like a younger, a, on the younger side. They do always seem young. Yeah. A whippersnapper. Like whippersnapper, like young whippersnapper. Like Dennis seems the to Menace. Be, yeah, yeah. Dennis the Menace, He's sure. He's a whippersnapper. Yeah. Sometimes I think of like, like you know, a kid in high school was like the captain of the basketball team who like thinks he knows everything and like yeah. runs the joint. Like he's a whippersnapper. Right. Like the kid in Stranger Things. And oh guy. God. Uh, yeah. yeah. New Stranger Things. Okay. Happy Stranger Things season. Happy everyone. Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I got to figure out where whippersnapper comes from. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. Give me a sec. Oh my God. So much noise. I live above a subway, and so every time it goes by, we can hear it. It'd be cool if it was like in uh, Men in Black, where there's that giant worm that uh, went through the subway. Remember that? Oh, yeah. It's probably not that. He was cool. Forget his name. Eddie? I don't know. I, I guess I'm going to... Okay. I'm going to yeah. go with... <laughs> I'm going to go with the rodeo. Okay. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Go with it. So... So this is an American idiom, then. It's an American idiom. I don't know if I've ever been to an official rodeo. Have you? You've been to Cowtown, right? I've been to Cowtown, but I didn't watch the rodeo part. Okay. Because yeah. it seemed a little... It just didn't seem like much was really happening mm-hmm. at the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Plus, I got to get to all those deals. Yeah. <laughs> where someone else snatches them up. Right. With and their they, whip. they might have wanted extra money for the rodeo. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, so, at the rodeo, it's not just riding... The bucking bronco. There's also side acts. I, I gotta, I, I gotta pause right there. You say bucking bronco on this show. More, I hear you say bucking bronco. Are you kidding? On this show, I don't hear it anywhere else in life. Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. I can't remember saying bucking bronco on I this show. I hope there's someone out there that knows. <laughs> but every time you see it, say it, it kind of catches me off guard because I don't, I don't really know that. That name for a bronco, a bucking bronco. A bucking bronco. Yeah, but it's something that you say quite they, often. They buck. Only on the show. Not That's like funny. not like in our, you know, off the air bucking bronco. Relationship. I wonder, what I, was, but I wonder what I was talking about. It's been more than once. Wow. Yeah, so this is at least I think this is at least fourth time you've brought a Holy bucking bronco. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well so just No, but it's great. I, I mean just, a bucking bronco is obviously funny to it's me. a horse, right? Yeah. That is trying to buck the rider, which is uh-huh. perfect for a rodeo. Yeah. Right? The it's bucking perfect. bronco. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm imagine that statue by that artist where the you know Yes. It's coming off. Yes, of absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh so you know, the rodeo has side acts, right? Oh yeah. And the bullwhip is an important rodeo, a cowboy like sidearm, right? Mm-hmm. They have whips, of course, definitely. You know? Yeah, of course. And 
the you know when when they're when they're doing the shows it's uh they will set up a bunch of cans mm-hmm. on the on the fence uh-huh. <laughs> and you are trying to get all the cans knocked off yeah it's just like a clown like a rodeo clown or I, just no, a, a I, I volunteer would, i think this would be a cowboy a cowboy okay. i think he would be just that's just another thing he can do yeah he can ride the buck and bronco he can he can hog tie he can hog right? tie uh, he can lasso <laughs> and uh-huh. he can snap the whip he at the cans the whip. sure right? yeah yeah so uh you know the whole thing just comes from the guy trying or girl trying to snap all 10 cans mm-hmm. off the off the the board there yeah and then if you win that competition you are deemed the grand high whipper snapper cool because also the whip makes a snap sound sure yeah that, that goes without saying and how do, how do you think this this hopped over onto being like a young confident presumptuous person well, because if you were good with a whip, I mean, let me tell you something. Have you ever mm-hmm. snapped a whip before? Oh, maybe once, and it was like terrifying. Yeah, and I probably messed up. Yeah. Well, we went to the uh, uh, years ago. Me and uh, me and Mario and Kevin and Chad rest- mm-hmm. when when he was still alive. Uh, we he bought a whip when mm-hmm. we were up in the mm-hmm. mountains. I can see that. And that's exactly what we did. We set up cans on the porch and hours of just trying right. to knock those things <laughs> off. And there is something so satisfying when snap. you snap that whip yeah. and it hits its target. Sure. So I would imagine, um, you know, a young stud who's mm-hmm. already riding the bucking Bronco. Yeah. He's already doing all those other events. And Indiana Jones in Last Crusade as a young, as a River Phoenix. He's a whippersnapper, there you literally go. and figuratively. I mean, I think <clears throat> cowboys in general, I think we're... I don't want to say that they're overconfident, but like I know I would be confident if I could do manly things. Yeah, like yeah, sure. Wrangle animals and you know be in the sun right, for right. long periods be in of the time. Sun. <laughs> and, uh, and so yeah, I think it just comes from that. You are going to have a bunch of confidence from winning the whippersnapper can contest, mm-hmm. and uh, and then it just that transfer. You know, a lot of a lot of young kids in the crowd they like mm-hmm. they love they, love they want to be like the cowboys. And so they get their own little mini whips and they just run around. Excellent. And they're just very confident and having fun. Receivers. Great. All right, good. But old people find it annoying. Uh, sure, yeah. Of course. Even though the old people started it. That's always how it is. I mean, I find old people are confident. More and more presumptuous. annoying the older I get. <laughs> I know. Everything's very annoying right now. Um, great. That's wrong. But I, it was a solid Ooh, guess. Yeah, I went kind of straight with that one. But I think that was a good way to go. Okay. And honestly, the origin itself is kind of straight. So, but uh, the first thing that I'll mention is that whippersnapper derives from the term snipper snapper. Oh. And whip snapper. So two. <laughs> it's two different snappers. Two snappers that come together. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Come together. Uh, yeah. So. Right now. Snipper snapper. And this was a common term in the 1600s, specifically in England. Okay. Okay. And so a whip snapper was just another way of saying a, a guy who had nothing better to do than to just hang about okay. doing nothing, okay. snapping their whip. So, you at know, 7 Eleven. At the, yeah, although it was 1600s. So, yeah. But they do it now. That's what we did. We would hang at the 7 Eleven with nothing to do. Yeah. Listen, idle hands, right? I mean, devil's plaything. If, if you've got nothing to do, and if it's the 1600s, there's less to do, much less to do. You're going to get in trouble, and so you're just oh, gonna yeah. you're gonna walk around. You're gonna see, you know, maybe an old maid, and you're just gonna whip that butt, right? Oh yeah. You're gonna see like some pigs walking by, the muck. You're gonna go. You're gonna whip that. <laughs> get pig. out of here, old pig. Um. So those were whip snappers. And snipper snapper was essentially the same. It was a synonym, but it was more for like a street rogue, you know. So they would be a little bit more, I don't know, seedy, unprincipled, oh, yeah. um, dishonest. Rebel without a cause. Exactly, yeah. They'd be more, I think snipper snapper, no, no one wants to be referred to as a snipper snapper. No. And so the earliest sighting we have of the word snipper snapper comes from the tragical history of Dr. Faustus. You're kidding. I mean, we've mentioned Faust on here before. But not the tragical history. Not the tragical history. 
and a horse courser. <laughs> of course. Of course a horse courser is speaking and he says, but I'll seek out my doctor and have my $40 again or I'll make it the dearest horse. Oh, yonder is his snipper snapper. Do you hear you? Hey, Pass, where's your master? I don't know. And Hey, Pass <laughs> is another name for a street juggler. So he's got Snipper Snapper oh, in there and a Hey, Pass. This seems like a fun time to be alive. Oh, it was a great time. Mephistopheles is just dinking around. Whipping and juggling. You know, and his tail's a little bit of a whip, too. The devil's oh, tail. yeah, cool. But the meaning changed over time because, you know, I guess originally it had to do more with like a guy who had no... Bones. <laughs> No bones. No, no energy to do something with his life. But then it was more about someone who had a little too much ambition. Interesting. Too much independence. Didn't care about the law. And so, yeah, you got, you got a whippersnapper. You know, I could see that because it's probably not so much that they don't have the energy. They're just like, I could do whatever. I, I could do it. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> right. And I feel like there's more whippersnappers now than ever. Because everyone thinks they know everything. No one follows the rules anymore. Right. I mean, in America. America's a fucking shithole. I mean, this this is a constant whippersnapper approaches to existence. Right. And they look so tired. They look so blah. Everyone's very tired. No interest in, you know. I mean, of course, breaking some rules is, that's good. Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. But, uh. You know, yeah, I know I'm getting old because I, I just keep finding most of what younger people do annoying. Right. Like if you're too, if you're too excited, I'm like, calm it down. And if, yeah. you're like, if you're like listless, I'm like, what the fuck? No work ethic here. Where's that sweet spot? Yeah, where is the sweet spot? We had it. Yeah, I guess we, you know, in my day, in we my, had I the know, sweet spot. In my day, yeah. No, I think we didn't. No, we didn't. Uh, and so, yeah, then we, we we're going to jump ahead a little bit to 1674. And there was this this uh, book titled Jackson's Recantation or the Life and Death of the Notorious Highwayman Now Hanging in Chains at Hampstead. That's the title of the book. Wow, that's long. And it was by this Irish writer, Richard Head, Dickhead. <laughs> oh, wow, that's funny. <laughs> and Richard Head wrote about this famous highwayman in England and... Basically, Wait, I forget. Is a highwayman yeah. a good guy or a bad guy? It's like it's a robber. It's a robber. Okay. Good. Yeah, like a robber. And the, the specific line from the 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 text is, uh, "Have a care of Marlborough Downs. There are a parcel of whippersnappers have been very busy there of late." And so, in in this narrative, one of the characters is warning of these whippersnappers that are hanging about in a in a particular area. And so, um, that's like pretty much it. Like, that's where Whippersnapper comes yeah. from. Okay, that makes sense. And But I felt Im compelled to dig a little bit deeper <laughs> into this this Jackson narrative where Whippersnapper was first published. Great. So we have the this this highwayman, Francis Jacket, Jackson. God damn it. You fucked <laughs> it up again, Jackson. And uh, in the narrative, he is, you know, he's in jail. He's going to be... Um, hanged from well from a gibbet. Do you know what a gibbet is? I wonder if you do. Gibbet. Um, well, that's actually what they call the little. Um, it's spelled with a G. Decorations on your Crocs. Now. Oh my those are god, that's gibbets. so dumb. Well, they're they're uh, the those iron cages that were shaped like a body, and like they oh, basically shit. Like yeah, an Iron Maiden. It's like an Iron Maiden, but Iron Maiden had spikes in it. Oh yeah, right. So the gibbet would be um, would hang from a gallows essentially. Okay, and it would display your dead body, you know, and and that it would, or I guess you'd be put in there, and maybe you would just oh. hang there, and I mean, like they're in Game of Thrones and stuff, you see. And in Willow, you're in, in a, Willow, like you're sure. in a cage. Now, do you just get put in there and then you just die? I think so. Yeah, like you just starve. Yeah, and oh. then you hang there as a warning to other people, yeah. like don't be this whippersnapper here. Yeah. So he was waiting to get put into one of those. And so, you know, the priest comes for confession. And I, I read that priests would, you know, this would uh, obviously was common practice, but then they would sell the confessions of the robbers and the highwaymen to yes. publishers yes. and make money off of those stories. I get it. It's like when um it's like when uh hangman would like sell pieces of the rope or the hair of the debt. Like people have always been morbid. I love that. I know, right? 
and yeah it's, it's just like that whole interest in uh serial killer podcast yeah, and stuff yeah, like that course. it's like people always wanted to hear about what was that what was that highwayman up to and uh yeah so that priest sold that story <laughs> well, you know they were like as aerosmith says living on the edge <laughs> yeah thank you aerosmith. Like those guys dude like you know, it's like, yeah, their life is hard and they're like evil and stuff like that. But it's like, whoa, it's cool. <laughs> cool. Uh, so uh, Jackson was, you know, well, well, Dick had, had, he, you know, wrote this, <laughs> this, um, this narrative. And Jackson said, you know, he was forced into this life because he was so impoverished. He had no money and he had a destitute, he lived, you oh, know, yeah. li- lives in destitution. But, uh, Head had said that like this was still not okay. He did not justify this, and he said that no matter what, that no matter what the laws were, that people would find a way to circumvent them. Right? New lords, new laws. So all new gangs have new orders, plots, and designs to rob and purloin from the honest traveler. And the whole point of the narrative was just to to teach you the ways of of highwaymen, so you could be wary of them. Oh, so teach the ways not to not to recruit, right? To, to, it's to like know. Well, this is this is how they operate essentially. Oh, dude, that sounds like a great book. Do you yeah. get a copy I, of that? I, it's pretty boring. Yeah, oh. I read a bunch of it, but there's some good stuff in there. But the coolest thing that I, I found was that Jackson was hanged at a spot called Hampstead Heath, and now it's known as Gibbet Hill. So because oh, named after that cage that people yeah. would be. Um, you know, hanged in. And where is this at? This is in England. Do yeah. they still have any cages up there? No, but you but you can visit Gibbet Hill, and it's at the center of something called Devil's Punch Bowl. Oh come on! And it's, it's too good. Yeah, I know. That's how I felt. I was like, oh, this is pretty good. So Gibbet Hill is the highest point of the Devil's Punch Bowl, and it's called that because it's sort of like shaped like an amphitheater. You know, yeah. like as if you like a giant spoon, just kind of like, yeah, oh yeah, just like you know. um spooned it out ladled out some yeah seats i don't know i don't know why i can't think of like a better metaphor i just my brain doesn't work I just, anymore no no brains don't work no <laughs> brain no work um so they scooped it out and that's a good place to watch the yeah and so gibbet hill was just the highest part like in that that um heath yeah and that's where people would be you know be put into gibbets and so they called it gibbet hill now the reason it's called devil's punch bowl is because there was a lot of folklore about how this came to be, this this um, section of land. Oh, yeah. And according to one story, the devil became so irritated by all the churches being built in the area yes. in Sussex during the Middle Ages that he decided to dig a channel from the English Channel through the South Downs and flood the area. He's like, I'm sick of all these friggin' churches. Yeah, how do you like that? I'm going to dig, dig, dig. The devil is so cool. I know, right? <laughs> He is. And so he got as far as the village of Poinings, which is now known as Devil's Dyke, and he was disturbed by a cock crowing, and apparently, like, I don't know, something happened, and he's like, all right, that's enough. He stopped. (laughs) But another story was that in his spare time, he hurled lumps of earth at the god Thor to annoy him. Really? Yeah, which is kind of interesting, because it kind of combines Norse mythology and Christianity. Yeah, yeah. And the hollow out of which he sco- uh, scooped the earth became the punch bowl. What was Thor? What did Thor do? Can Thor fight the devil? Well, I mean, there's no th- that. That's a that's a um, you know, it's a mixing of mythologies. Yeah, I know. So it's kind of strange. I think Thor showed up a little bit later, like in the 17 or 1800s. I get, I don't know how that happened though. Yeah. I, that that would be that would be a great match. Like I like you know if we could. I'd get love to see a great Thor, Thor Satan thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's even a local village called Thirstly in nearby, which means Thor's place. Get out of here! Yeah. Oh, dude, this is good shit right here. <laughs> <laughs> it's more interesting than the whippersnapper stuff, but it led me to whippersnapper. Oh, we're getting there. Yeah, you got to follow the rivulets. Yes, you do. All right, and uh, I'm pretty much done here. The last thing I was going to say was um, at this same spot, Hampstead Heath, in the 60s, there was this this 30-year-old guy named Joseph de Havilland, and he convinced three of his friends to nail him to a cross with eight-inch nails crucifying him in order to make the world a happier place. Oh, wow. And the newspapers described him as being in a trance. He didn't die. He, like, survived. But can you imagine being like, hey, guys, nail me to a cross. And that's going to 
that's very obviously Jesus like trying to well, you know very much open so up heaven and make a better afterlife. Yeah, so, so I he wanted to make a better world. I don't think he did much though, because since the sixties, not much has got not much has improved. Wait, the 1960s? Yeah, 1960s. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Recently. Um, did his friends get in trouble for that? Or? I don't know. There wasn't much information. Like, uh, the, the newspapers did not cover much of the story, even though it seems really interesting. So, if anyone knows anything about Joseph de Havilland, maybe it was your uncle, any of our English listeners out there, you know, let us know. It's too bad he didn't go for the nine-inch nails. Uh, that would have been cool. <laughs> John Reznor. John Reznor. <laughs> Closer to God. Uh... And March of Pigs. My, my favorite whip, the Cat of Nine Tails. That's my favorite whip. Oh, yeah. What do you got something on that? No, but just like Whippersnapper whip. Cat of Nine Tails. Cat of Nine Tails. Oh, yeah. It's a great whip. It's also a Dario Argento movie. And also, which I'm sure Ryan has seen a bit of, is mm-hmm. that it's possible that that's where the cat got your tongue idiom came from. Oh, I didn't. I didn't, did not know no, that. No, you did not? No. Yeah, because you know you're... Your mouth and off, and then you gotta get the cat oh, nine tails. Cat of nine tails. Yeah. All right. Anyway, well, that's the way the cookie crumbles with whippersnapper. Yeah. Get that whipping boy back in here. <laughs> go listen to that song, <laughs> guys. If you could go back and listen to our whipping boy song, it's probably my favorite song of the fifty songs we've written for this show. And it was definitely the one that we laughed the most while making. I feel which like. episode do you think it was five? That was early. Uh, oh, we'll figure it out, and we'll, we'll 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 let you know when we get back here. Yeah, dude, I bet it was. I think it was three. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll just play it for our break song. Okay. Great. <laughs> great. All right, we'll be right back after the whipping boy song. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back. We hope you enjoyed listening to Whipping Boy from episode six. If you didn't enjoy it, there is something wrong with your brain. Um, that that the title of that episode was "Put Another Goat in the Desert." That was back when we were young bucks five years ago. It was uh, April twentieth, two thousand seventeen. Damn, damn! Right before my birthday. All right, what do you got for us today? Ryan, I got another today on this show. You've mm-hmm. been doing some stuff that makes me wonder why you acting like such a dunce. A dunce. You're acting oh, like a dunce. Oh man, I immediately think of the dunce cap. Of course, the dunce cap is huge. Dunce. So this is like a, this is etymology though. There's some etymology. I uh, yeah, that's hard to guess etymology. I feel like I need to know Latin or something. Maybe. Well, you know what the do you know what the meaning of a dunce is? A dunce is a, a fool, an idiot. Oh yeah. A moron. A slow-witted or stupid person. Okay, a stupid person. And uh, I always think of like old black and white TV shows whenever a kid does something <laughs> stupid in class, you get sent to the corner of the classroom have to put on like a tall white triangular cap that says dunce on it. Oh, like this little fellow here. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> is that leave it to beaver? I don't know. I it looks never... like it is. I just think it's funny. It's this kid is saying, I will be good. I, I will, will be good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it seems like a very American thing. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, yeah, that's what a dunce yeah. is. Um, but Made popular by the dunce cap, for sure. Made popular by the dunce cap. So, Jesus, I have no idea where you this know, came from. Does any other, <laughs> does any other, like, derogatory, like, is, slang mm-hmm. have 
uh like he- headgear like <laughs> oh good question <laughs> like maybe like the pinwheel hat like then you're like a simpleton of of some sort i don't know yeah that's a good question though <laughs> the dunce cap is really special it's um it's you could never do that no. today no and when if a kid asks a dumb question you're like all right Dunce cap. Dude, dunce cap. <laughs> They'd be like, you can't do this to me. Like, no. you're putting on the dunce cap. No. I did do some, like, when I first started teaching 13 years ago, and I, for two years, I taught middle school, so I had, like, seventh and eighth graders. Mm. I did do some things that, like, now you couldn't even get away with. Oh, absolutely. Like, I had a kid named Vince, who I really liked, but he was just, he was just such a, a, an a-hole he just was always saying the worst things and i'd be like all right vince you gotta write you know you gotta write this on the chalkboard like sure. i just like based off of simpsons i'd be like all right oh, well, write this sentence on the chalkboard a hundred times like you know just like this kind of do it yeah he would do it it was funny and like that, yeah. that would be it and he'd be like this sucks i'm like yeah but like you know whatever just <laughs> so do, do you yeah <laughs> and he would just do it and and i really liked him i ended up having him in high school later and and uh but it was like you could never do that now. Well, you know, even on like a, it's not like, particularly like helpful, but it's just funny to, to, to no, make a I kid do, think, do that. I think that some of our older listeners will will agree that the fact that you know it's it's you need consequences. You mm-hmm. can't hit them. No, <laughs> but um, uh, you know, one thing that I uh, has changed since even I start. You know, I'm this I've been teaching for sixteen years, and you know, back in the day, if a kid was being like really disruptive or really just really just being a Rick. Yeah. Um, you could be like, look, just just go in the hallway for a few minutes, man. Like just like go whatever. Yeah. And I remember I do that still. Well, but I remember a couple years like now it isn't even a couple years ago, it's probably ten years ago. They were like, You cannot put kids in the hallway. It's like isolating. Oh, it's like okay. whatever. It's like a shaming thing. And it's like, okay, God. With the, yeah, with the teenagers though, I'll be like, Brian, go just take a walk, dude. Like yeah. you need some time out in the hallway. Yeah. Go come sweep, back when you're like chill. Sweep up the bird dirt. Go sweep up the bird dirt. <laughs> uh okay, so where does dunce come from? The origin for dunce. Yeah, I know it is tough because That's tough. There's man. not much to work with, but at least you know it means the stupidness so you can kind of go with that okay uh fuck okay so he's got a good one i can tell by the look on his face (laughs) no i don't i'm not really sure where this is gonna go but um there so dunce means uh like a a fool or a would you say what word did you use i said a slow-witted or stupid person okay so um you know when i think of dunce i'm thinking of the prefix dun d-u-n but I'm also yeah. thinking of the word Dunkin', right? Like Dunkin' Donuts, right? Yeah. Or like you, you dunk something into the, yeah, the water. Or yeah. Okay. So I like that. So uh, because we're we're going with the prefix stuff, this word's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. Oh yeah. All right. But it started yeah. with you know a young simple boy um, named Duncan. No. Okay. <laughs> um, Pierce. His name was Pierce. Duncan Pierce. I like it. Was oh, Pierce. Pierce. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, and so and so Pierce. He his fam his his father was a tailor, mm. right? And his mother was a, 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 a mother. She just mothered mother. children. It yes. was back in the 1600s when you just gave birth all day long. Yes. And uh, every day, and they, because of his successful tailoring business, they did have a few pence to send young Pierce to the local school. That's nice. The problem was, is that there was a little lake on the route between their, their, uh, you know, hut and not their hut, but like their, uh, yeah, their wealth. They're out of a hut. Their house. But like what, what house is called in the 1600s? Hmm. Uh, Hamlet. What's a Hamlet? A hamlet, I feel like it's more of a. I don't feel like that's a structure. I feel stupid. Um, so there better be ham, is all I know. There was a lake between the house that they lived in and the the local school, and uh, he every time he would walk by the lake, he would look at it, and he'd be like, oh, "Looks delicious. It's a delicious looking <laughs> lake," and he would just dunk his head in immediately and the lake was it wasn't super deep it was um a few feet deep but 
he would often dunk his head into the water so hard that he would completely fall in his whole body. <laughs> and, 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 you know, other kids all that... All right, just a light dunk. Yeah, now, and, I'm in. In. I'm and I'm all the way in. All the way. I'm all the way in. Mind pocket watch. <laughs> Mind pocket watch. Yeah, I don't think there were pocket watches in the 1600s. But anyway... <laughs> sundial? Mind sundial. No, there were... <laughs> There were clocks. So I don't think sure. there were pocket watches, but um, so other other children would see him and they'd be like, you know, Pierce, you're an idiot, and he'd be like, okay, but help me get out of this lake, <laughs> and he'd be like, again, this is every day, uh, and so you know they'd eventually help him out, and he would come to school and he'd be dripping wet, mm. and the teacher there, who was also a priest, of course, yeah, was like. Boy, you are a stupid son of a bitch. You know that? <laughs> and that's a dog. Yeah. <laughs> and that's your lesson for today. Uh, so anyway, this this would happen. Ten lashes. This happened for many, many months. And, um, and uh, then one day he showed up and the priest... The priest, Father Father Wrigley, he, um, he's like, I've got an idea. And so he put this, it, it was basically a dunk, a dunk hat on top of his head, oh, right? Okay. And it was, okay, a, yeah. it was about like a, you know, like a, a two foot kind of pointed hat. Right. Yeah. So it looks and like so the, the dunk, dunce it, caps it, that we know. It's exactly like the dunce okay. cap that we know. And so well, while Pierce was walking back home that day, <laughs> He, you know, he, he he eyed up the lake. He's like, I could go for another dunk. <laughs> <laughs> I could it's go for time one for a drink. <laughs> I could go for one more dunk. And they're all like, Pierce, don't do it. And he's like, I just one quick dunk. I'm not gonna fall in. <laughs> and he goes to put his head in, and the cat stops him from falling in. Sure. Um, it like it, sticks into the muck. It, kind it of sticks thing. into the muck. Okay. And he gets out. And he's like. Couldn't dunk. No dunk. <laughs> no dunk for Pierce, I guess. And then he, you know, there's a little bit of muck at the top, but he went home. He came back the next day and he saw it again. Same thing happens. The, the hat sticks into the muck. He doesn't get to go on all the way. He shows up to school dry for the very first time. And, and, you know, Father Wrigley's like, so, Pierce? And Pierce is like, what? Like, <laughs> you see the hat? The dunk hat. And he's like, I don't get it. He's like, you didn't get wet. He's like, I wanted to get wet. <laughs> I'm thirsty as hell. I'm thirsty as hell. We don't have water in my hamlet. <laughs> I haven't been dunked in two days because of this hat. And he's like, okay, you know what? Just sit in the corner of the room. <laughs> keep the hat on. And the, the father just wrote dunce on there. And he's like, you know what? Now, from now on, you're the dunk boy, right? You're a dunce. Right. You're an idiot. This is how we spell dunk and back this is now. How we, and this is how we spell it now. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That's fun. That's a great one. Thank you. Well, I can tell you that I'm you, assuming it's wrong. That is wrong. Okay. Um quite quite marginally wrong. Um quite but, marginally. That's an that feels like an oxymoron. <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of that in this episode. <laughs> oh. Um but before we do move on, a hamlet is a small settlement. Okay. Generally one smaller than a village. Okay. So their huts. Several, several. Their huts could be in the in the hamlet. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So no, Ryan got it wrong again. But the thing about this uh, word "dunce" is that it's actually an eponym. Mm. And if if you don't know what an eponym is, it's it's a word that comes about based on somebody's name. Mm -hmm. it's like a, something you know originates from there. And the name that it that it originates from is someone named John Dunce Scotus. This is a surprise. Have you ever heard of the man? No, I'm right. I'm very surprised. I was surprised too. So he was a religious scholar. He lived uh, from 1265 to 1308. So we're going ago. back in time. Going back. He was an influential philosopher, uh -huh. the theologian mm -hmm. in the high Middle Ages. He's an influencer. He was. He was. It's a word that people use now, right? It, right, yes. Mm -hmm. He was big on Snapchat. Snapchat. Oh, God. Yeah, but dumb. anyway, he was born He was born in the Scottish village of Duns, and that's where he got his name from. Of course. And he was ordained in the Catholic Franciscan Order at St. Andrew's Priory. 
Priori? Priori? Priori, Priori in Northampton, England in 1291. In New Hampton, England. And the thing is, is no, I'm oh, sorry, Northampton, England in okay. 19, uh, 1291. And for 17 years, the dude was like, he was just spitting rhetoric and everyone was loving it. Yeah. He was really influential, whether you were religious, secular, were slopping that whatever, up. he was slopping it up. And um, one of his big things was that uh, his idea that existence was abstract. Uh, but but it remained the same for all beings and things, but only it was it, it differed in degrees. Mm-hmm. But, but existence, this to us existence is abstract. Okay. Right? We know. We know about that. I still have to pay my bills. It's like a painting. Yeah. Right? You still got to pay your bills. So, but, but his best known thing was making for complex arguments, uh, in particular to prove the existence of God and the immaculate conception. So this guy would talk a lot. He was all about Mary getting knocked up by God. He He's like, "I need to think about this a little bit more cuz I really like to think about it." So right, I really want to think about her getting up her pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so but basically he was super detailed and uh like respected in his analysis of like he he would um he would give like I think the guy talked a lot mm-hmm. and he'd be like you know because of this and because of this and this and this gave it like he was just I think he was very articulate is basically yeah. what his deal was just like and us. so people believed it. yeah just like us so he got this nickname uh, nickname the subtle doctor which mm-hmm. kind of I like because it's like reminds me of Doctor Who mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it started this in, an entire school of philosophy called Scotism like from his name. Mm-hmm. And it, he was a, a devout Catholic, like mm-hmm. super Catholic, and um, he used like this, in, it, it, like highly intellectual form of reasoning. But I think he just basically used a lot of big words to confuse people. Okay. <laughs> but people thought he was. He, they thought he was. They the loved shit. it though. They yeah. thought he was the shit, and you know he died, and then like for two hundred years, people were into what he was teaching still, yeah. um, and then. Uh-oh. The Protestant Reformation oh. reached England. Of course it did. Right. So uh, a lot of the traditional Catholics, they were like fighting back. They were like, no, 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 no Protestant Reformation. No, no, don't come up in here. <laughs> uh-huh. And what they would do is they would reference Dunce's uh, like rhetoric mm-hmm. to like back it up. They're like, come on, we all we all have known about this. We believe this, and they they like defending the church, the doctrines, all that shit, right? But then the modern scholars uh, were like, they're like, you know, he's basically quote like hair splitting, and they characterize his philosophy as sophistry, which I didn't know what that was, so I looked it up, and it's the use of fallacious arguments, especially with the intention of deceiving. Oh, so basically they're like, listen, he's been lying to you through his rhetoric and he's been tricking you. And so because we're Protestants, we're telling you this is the real way. Yeah. Like the guy, he he basically was just like, um, he would put forth a lot of plausible stuff, but it was like totally wrong. Uh, It's like he was just... It was like kind of magical thinking for basically what I was saying. Yeah. Um, So anyway... uh, they the pro-Protestant forces they started characterizing his followers as duns, uh, oh. and and like the, so you if you believed in what he believed, they're using it as an insult essentially. Yeah, you're, you're a duns. Yeah, okay. right. D U N S, capital D. Okay. By the way, and they were dupes, too stupid to see behind duns' deceptive arguments and slavish devotion to catholic doctrine uh-huh. all right so you're a done you're yeah. like you're just fall you're just you're like a lemming you're just following the herd right right um so then there was this uh okay in 1527 uh there was this william tyndale he did this parable wicked mammon and he used this uh line that said a duns man would make 20 distinctions so he'd make like and that's what he did like because i'm gonna i'm gonna show you an example of this before but he would he'd be like and and then this and then then this and then this and you're just just like he sounds smart but Mm -hmm. he's not right (laughs) then the capital D Duns gets mm. lowercase, right? Uh, so over yeah. the years, um, so you go from a person who was really strictly following uh, 
his rhetoric, and, yeah. right? But then it became sort of like more more wide open to everything, right? Right. Um, so, and what year did that capital lowercase d occur? Uh, okay, is this well, hundreds of years later? Well, or? so here's the thing. In, in I'm going to show you right here. So the first the the first new meaning of it was one whose study of books left him dull or stupid. Which it's, mm. it's a funny thought that I think that as children maybe you could imagine that you're like I've studied so much that I like broke my brain and now, and now I can't I'm remember dull. anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's this guy, uh, John Liley, and he wrote this thing called uh, Euphides in 1578. And here's his quote. It said, if, if uh, one be hard in conceiving, they pronounce him a, a dullard. Uh, but if given to study, they proclaim him a dunce, dunce. lowercase d-u-n-s. But then there's this second meaning, and this is what ends up becoming the current meaning that we use. Mm -hmm. And it's a dull-witted, stupid person with no capacity for learning. Um, and we, we have an example of this in the Annals of Scotland or the Annals by... Uh, I don't think it's Annals. <laughs> by by uh, Francis uh, Thine, or uh -huh. Thine, uh, Thine, Francis Thine, 1587. And it goes a little something like this. But now in our own age, it has grown to be a common proverb, proverb in derision to call such a person as is senseless or without a duns which is as much a fool. And that is where it kind of starts, you know, turning into this word dunce. Dunce is a dummy. Yeah, we know. But what about the spelling? Uh -huh. Because it's been D-U-N-S the whole time. Yeah. But I'm, we need the D-U-N-C-E, -E, right? So um, present spelling has been around since as early as 1535. This guy, R. Layton, he was writing in a letter and he used the word to describe Duns Scotus's works. Well, spelling has always been a little kind of like whatever you think it, however you think it's spelled. I mean, it wasn't until dictionaries started to be a little bit more popularized that spellings, I think, kind of became permanent. I mean, it just goes to show like how with this like etymological uh, degradation or changing or what all that stuff is just like. This guy over here, he's talking. He doesn't know what's what they're spelling. You can't Google it. Like mm -hmm. you can't, you can't, you can't even <laughs> you can't even dictionary it up. Like it's it's like yeah, most people don't even have you're books. You're gonna have to go by sound, and mm -hmm. most people can't read. Right, that too. Like me. But then it was it, then it became uh, more applied in that general term about being like a stupid person. In 1611, we have this thing called uh, R. Cotgraves, which I like his last name, the Dictionary of French and English Tongues. And there's this word, a lordot, which is a sot, a dunce, a dullard, or a viadaz, which is an old dunce, a dolt, or a blockhead. And in those, and in those uh, uh, examples, they spell it D-U-N-C-E. Okay. All right. That's where, it, yeah, that's where it. So you're following happens. me, so right? You see where I'm, I'm going following here? You, yeah. Okay, good. That is a lot. The dunce. He's got. How, I just, who who would have thunk the dunce? I wonder what. Like, did he get to a rolling in the grave moment? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty this? sure. Like, well, as soon as the Protestants were using his name as an insult, right, that was a rolling. Right, in the he's grave. rolling the grave. Right? Yeah, of course. Okay. And something that Brian brought up. At the at the top of this was the dunce cap, which is mm -hmm. the it's like so iconic, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so the by the way, I don't both these words whippersnapper and dunce. I you you not you're not hearing them very often anymore. You're not hearing them very often, but I think that like at least from our generations, like you you know like old cartoons and things like that, they're they're saying them, and you still have like old character like people portrayed by old people saying mm -hmm. this kind of stuff. But yeah, like. You don't want to lose these. No, no. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So the dunce cap, right? Yeah. The first reference is in an, our sarcastic letter about Thomas Jefferson, who they don't they don't actually name him in it, mm -hmm. but it was in the New York Evening Post, uh, Saturday, uh, the 11th of August in 1810. I'll read you the quote here. The genius of America in respectful but dignified attitude, endeavoring to rouse him from his lethargy, but is prevented by the whooping of something resembling a night owl, whose hoarse notes awake him, and not being able to extricate himself from the perplexities into which his slumbers had drawn him, he claps on his dunce clap, cap and... <laughs> I knew I'd never get through it. And flies off. 
to Monticello. Now you might say like, how is that not Thomas Jefferson? Well, Monticello in Virginia, that's his primary plantation for oh. Thomas Jefferson. So somebody had a bone to pick with him. Yeah, that's good. You can have a bone to pick with the founding fathers. Yes. They're all with slave their owners. They're terrible. Seriously. Then there's also uh, like a reference in Charles Dickens, the, mm-hmm. curio- the old curiosity mm-hmm. shop, right? Uh, and uh, he talks about uh, displayed on hooks upon the wall uh, in all their terrors were the cane and the ruler and near them the small shelf of its own and the dunce cap made of old newspapers and decorated with glaring wafers of the largest size. Mm. So, you know, everybody loves to get uh, Charles Dickens involved, you know? Dude, Dickens. He's the Dickens man. Dickens be Dickens. Uh, right, that's our thing. All right, now, something you might not have heard of is Why well, didn't hear of any of that? What do you mean? Might oh, well, not no, have no, heard but of. we've heard of the dunce cap. We've heard of the dunce cap, We've heard of the word yeah. dunce, but you've probably never heard of the dunce table. Condom. Oh, dunce table. Right? Um, this was something that was referenced earlier than the dunce cap, which is in 1624. It was a play by John Ford. It's called The Son's Darling. And it's this uh, it's this table that the poor performing students sit at the dunce table. Oh, sure, right? Yeah, those kind of exist just naturally, but you this, know, yeah. in schools. <laughs> yes. Just like the dummies just kind of end up kind of getting near each other and just yeah. sitting together. It's like freaks and geeks. It is, and um, well, I think they were forced to sit there. Oh, that sucks. That's yeah. not as good. No one wants to get sit, sat um, at the dunce table. But it would be fun if everybody had their own pointy cabinet. Yeah, having like sword fights mm-hmm. <laughs> could be cool so listen that's pretty much the long and short of the of the dunce but mm-hmm. for my fun facts today i decided um so this guy duns he had this argument for the existence of god it's mm-hmm. an eight point argument yeah so i'd like to take you through it okay um and i want you to just if you have any questions hold them to the end because right. i had to read over it a couple times to get where he was going and are these this. in your own words or you've these are his no, this points is pretty exactly. much exactly oh i see it's okay. pretty much exactly how it goes all right to prove the existence of god yeah one something known as we're going to call it a mm-hmm. is produced mm-hmm Number two, it is produced either by itself, mm-hmm. nothing, mm-hmm. or another. Mm-hmm. Number three, it cannot be by nothing, for nothing causes nothing. Number four, it cannot be by itself, for an effect never causes itself. Number five, therefore, it must be produced by another. And we're going to call that B. Mm-hmm. And then we return to step two. (laughs) B is either produced by itself, nothing or another. The ascending series will either continue infinitely or we will finally reach something which has nothing prior to it. Number seven, an infinite ascending series is impossible. And number eight, therefore, a simple first efficient cause exists. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of shit that this guy talked about. It's just like a chicken or the egg thing. Right? Just like, yeah. But, you know, like... You imagine him on the pulpit being like, and stay with me now. Right. Stay with me now. <laughs> I'm going to go back to two, go yeah. down to seven, and, be like, and jump to three. Can I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish? <laughs> and like, I just think it's just like, you say it confidently enough, like a whippersnapper, and people are going to be like, yeah. yeah there that does it prove you've the been existence talking of god you've been talking for a while yeah he's I basically don't... saying some someone needed to invent the first thing Right. Right. So, right. Of course, that means that it was God. Yeah. The final thing that I want to say about this guy is he coined this term called hexiatus, which translates to thisness. Mm. And that just, it basically means the irreducible determination of a thing that makes it this particular thing. And I just kind of like the, the like, the, like thisness. <laughs> thisness. Hexiatus. Yeah. Right? Like, that seems like that we could it, Hold use. on. It, it's, it, but again, he's tricking you with his, yes, his, his verbosity rhetoric, or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Like, because it's equivalent to when, and I cannot stand when people say this, is it is, it is what, what it, it is. is. Right. I, it's my <laughs> I least favorite yeah. phrase of all time. Just don't say anything. Of right. course it is what it is. That's what is, is. And that's what thisness, like everything has a thisness because this is a thing yeah. with its own things. Right. Yeah. So, but it's a great word. But they're not throwing, I'm not hearing thisness a lot. So I thought if you want to bring it back, go he- for it. Hexy, what is it? 
Hexiatus. 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 I got a bad case of Hexiatus in my <laughs> bung. <laughs> anyway, the the you're not. I, I, we might be able to post this, but there was a time when women mm. wore this conical hat mm-hmm. that really resembled the dunce cap. And there's this cool picture of this cool chick smoking a cig, having one. Oh yeah, that's a good looking chick. Look at her, right? And they 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 called that it. That looks a, like a World War One nurse called it outfit smart. or something. Dunce cap, even though dunce like caps smart, signified like smart being looking, dumb. yeah. Uh, but this had nothing to do with her being a smart, problem. like fashionable, smart, like sure. fashionable. And she's cool, yeah, she's really cool. And uh, it's not as high in point, and this one's made of wool. It's a good look, but that is a wrap on the dunce. A wrap on the dunce. Well, thank you, Albert, and thank you, listeners, for joining us for a couple new idiom origins. We hope you found them interesting, and we hope that you they are bring them back into your own vernacular, at least for a week. Try to throw one around. I mean, people would not like to be called a dunce um, or a whippersnapper, probably, but... Yeah, but if you can call someone that and then explain why you're doing it, then they might be like, <laughs> oh, well, I learned something. <laughs> All right, I hear the countdown. Uh, Send us an email at don'tbeanidiom at gmail.com, especially if you drink a miner's breakfast. Check us out on Instagram and um, join us next week for another episode of Don't Be an Idiom. Gonna whip all night